Welcome to the Exhale Podcast, a candid conversation about current matters relating to respiratory diagnostic and lung health. You may have seen a new look to our podcast. We're implementing some changes to invest in our brand, which will in turn hopefully reach new listeners and turn them into diehard loyal fans. Today's hosts are Mark Russell, the Marketing Communication Manager, and Troy Pridgen, Executive Vice President of Sales and Operations for Vitalograph in North America, a global leader in respiratory diagnostics. Today, we meet a nurse administrator from the Defense Department who's involved with the AAOHN, Jenny Lynn Balmer. She's an experienced occupational health nurse who has a history of working in the military industry in deployment health. Well, thank you for being on our podcast, Jenny Lynn. Thank you, Mark. I am so happy to be with you all here today. Well, please give us a little background on yourself, education, experience, and what your current responsibilities right now. Yes, sure. My name is Jenny Lynn Balmer. I am an occupational health nurse. That is a specialty some people are not familiar with. It is nurses in the workplace. I've been an occupational health nurse for over 20 years, and I currently work for the Department of Defense, but also I am on the board of directors for our professional organization, AAOHN, which is the American Association of Occupational Health Nurses. Okay, that's great. I really understand what you're saying. A lot of people are are not very familiar with how occupational health and and occupational health nurses work. Can you give us a, a little bit of that context and background, how you work to protect and promote respiratory health? Yeah, sure. Occupational health nurses are really key in promoting and protecting respiratory health in the workplace. People may or may not be familiar, but there are several respiratory hazards in the workplace. There are chemical hazards such as asbestos, metal fumes, or chemicals that sensitize the lung, beryllium. Uh, Oxygen deficiency can be a problem in the workplace in confined spaces and smaller spaces. And there's also biological hazards for the lungs, such as tuberculosis, influenza, and even COVID. And so, you know, occupational health nurses are really key. They provide a lot of education for our workers on how to protect their health and their respiratory health, both in a workplace setting, but also personal. We are really big champions for tobacco cessation, as an example. But in terms of what we do for workplace hazards, there are a lot of areas that we support workplace health. We do immunizations for our biological hazards, such as for the flu and COVID. We also screen personnel who have to wear respirators in the workplace. So we do that through medical questionnaires and also through screening spirometry. We also help to fit the respirators to the worker to make sure that they fit properly so that their lungs are properly protected. In addition, also we may be checking up on people after they've had an exposure to look for decrements in their lung function so that we can uh, appropriately treat them or, or get them to treatment if they need it. Another way that we might be involved on the biological side, again, is through screening for biological exposures is through like TB testing for employees who have that kind of exposure. Great. So what resources does the AAOHN have in regards to respiratory health? I know we work with quite a few NIOSH certified trainers, but uh, can you tell our audience what other resources are available? 
Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And just hitting on something that you just said, there are several occupational health nurses who are certified to be teachers for the NIOSH spirometry course and also take that course so that they can do the screening spirometry for a respirator wear. But through AAOHN, some of the things that we do is we are advocates for workers' health and we offer a number of educational and practice resources, some on COVID, some on flu and other respiratory hazards. In addition, on our website, which is aaohn.org, under the resource page, there is a respiratory protection tab. And on this page, we offer the 10 module OSHA course. And this course offers for our nurses out there five credits of continuing education, but it has great information for anyone interested in respiratory health in the workplace. And some of the topics include OSHA's respiratory standard, bit about the NIOS certified respirators that you were talking about. It talks about how to do the respiratory medical evaluation and how to do fit testing, among many other things. It's really a tremendous resource. I got a follow-up question on that. So with COVID, it seems to be subsiding, but in the workplace, you know, the last couple of years, did you help a lot of different companies open up and kind of certify or look at differently how to do respiratory testing at the workplace? Yeah, so that was certainly a challenge, as I'm sure many of your listeners are aware, and that there was concerns around doing uh, spirometry during COVID as it posed a potential hazard to, to the person doing the test. So I know that ACOM, one of our sister organizations for the occupational health physicians, was putting out a lot of policy around how to do testing during the COVID environment. And we were certainly partnering with them to ensure worker safety, both the workers who were exposed to COVID, dealing with COVID patients, and, you know, the occupational health nurses as workers as well. Well, great. Ginny Lynn, can you tell us about the deployment health at the Defense Health Agency and, and who makes up this group? Oh, sure. That's such a great question. So as I mentioned, I currently work for the Department of Defense and I am a nurse within deployment health within the Defense Health Agency. And deployment health at DHA supports the health of both civilian and service member deployers through various health assessments, education efforts, and metrics. And we work with the military departments to help ensure good policy uh, around deployment health and to develop periodic pre and post deployment health assessments. We also report out our metrics in a variety of forms to our leadership and to what issues are important to them, including compliance and other things. Um, but there are certain efforts around specific to respiratory health for sure. So Jenny Lynn, after Congress had passed the PACT or the PAC Act, extending the Department of Veterans Affairs for cares for millions of service members who were exposed to toxic substances like open air pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, how does DHA support the needs of these service members? Yeah, sure. That is such a great question. Concerns about burn pits and airborne hazards downrange is nothing new. In particular, though, in the past, oh, I would say a couple of decades, service members have been reporting 
respiratory symptoms following exposure to burn pits and other airborne hazards. And we at DHA have been partnering with the military departments and the VA to support service members impacted by these exposures. Some of our efforts include educational outreach to both the service members who are exposed and also to healthcare providers so they know how to properly assess these service members. In addition, we've developed a free optional exam for service members and veterans who are concerned about their exposures. And there's a registry for service members exposed to burn pits. And this purpose of the registry really is to help us examine the long-term effects of people exposed to burn pits. We're just learning more and more about it. So the purpose of the registry is to look at the chronic health effects of burn pits and airborne exposures. There can be both chronic and acute effects. Acute effects kind of happen immediately after someone is exposed to a hazard. Um, we really don't have a lot of information yet about what the chronic effects of these exposures might be. So with the registry, we're hoping to learn more so that we can better support our service members. Um, I also wanted to point out with the PACT Act, uh, one of the big things that it did, it expanded the countries where service members deployed to be eligible for the burn pit. So I just wanted to list off a couple of the countries in case there are service members in your audience and they might be interested in the registry. So this registry has been expanded to include those who've deployed to Afghanistan, Bahrain, Djibouti, Egypt, Gulf of Aden, Gulf of Amman, Iraq, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Syria, UAE, Uzbekistan, and the waters of the Arabian Sea, Persian Gulf, and Red Sea. That is really, really good to know. Can you direct our listeners to where that registry is and I guess any other websites or resources that support respiratory health for active duty or former military personnel? Sure. The best way you can get there is if you do health.mil backslash burn pits, it will take you to a page that has a link to the registry. It has a link on information about exposures. It has information for providers who are interested in learning more about how they can better take care of their patients. It's really a great website. I know you mentioned that there are both acute and, and chronic potential effects. What diseases in particular are we seeing kind of emerge or are they all over the place? Yeah, so the current status of the science is to date, most of the things that we are seeing are subjective so that the service member reports cough, nasal drainage, and those kind of things. We have not yet found specific biological markers, and that was one reason we wanted to set up the registry so that we can follow these people long term. So, Jenny Lynn, you mentioned in conversation before this podcast that you have your own podcast. Could you tell us what that podcast is and, and what topics you guys have on your podcast? Oh, yeah, sure. Great question. And thank you for letting me talk about the podcast. I do a podcast for my professional organization, which again is AAOHN. And we talk about all kinds of issues of concern to the occupational health nursing community. 
I had a guest on who is more in the trenches of working with our military members. So I did military members and occupational health nurses. I've looked at LPNs and occupational health nursing. In the future, I'm going to be interviewing one of the nurses who works at OSHA and developing policy and working on enforcement. So I think that's going to be very exciting. But if anyone out there is interested, my podcast is called Occupational Health Nursing Pulse, the AAOHN podcast. And you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast by putting that in there. What inspired you, you know, come up with this podcast? The thing that we really discovered in my professional organization is that people don't always have the time to do a whole continuing education session, which is an hour long. And when we do CEs in the nursing community, there's very rigorous standards so that we can grant credit. But sometimes people just want to learn about topics within occupational health, and they don't necessarily need the credits. And so by having this kind of format where you can have a dialogue with a fellow nurse or a fellow expert in an area that we are interested in, we find we really get to educate our members about things that they are interested in. The secondary thing I also want to put out that we do our podcast for is a lot of people don't know about occupational health nursing. And so I think of it as a great way to educate the public and also potentially get nurses who are looking for a career change into a really fun and exciting specialty. I agree. You know, with the shortage of a lot of physicians out there, it's a great opportunity. And what I've found, even in the primary care sector, you know, you have a lot of nurse assistants and nurses out there that are physician assistants and such, because there's a lack of physician opportunities or inventory out there. And it's important for us to find new avenues to provide good health care. Is there anything else you want to add to our podcast? No, I have nothing else to add. I just want to thank you so much, Mark, for inviting me on today. It has been a delight to talk to you. Well, I appreciate you being on. I know we've talked about this before. It's hard to be the guest when you're the actual moderator of a podcast. It, it really, really puts you on the spot. You know, you think the podcasts are quite easy, but when you're on the other end answering questions, it's, it's, it's rather, rather challenging. I agree with that. It's easier to be the question asker, but this has been a pleasure to speak with you. Well, thank you for being on our podcast. Uh, it's been great information and we will have all the websites on your description when we upload your podcast on our website. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny You've reached the end of another episode of the Exhale podcast. Don't forget to follow us for upcoming new episodes and recommend this podcast to friends and family. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again on the Exhale podcast brought to you by Vitalograph.